Dear brothers and sisters, what beautifully profound readings we have tonight, especially this gospel, this wonderful passage from the gospel of St. John, this image of the vine and branches, the vine and branches. It bespeaks an an attachment, an attachment that that is not moral but real, a very real attachment. And, you know, this is important that, you know, we be attached to Jesus Christ that we be pretty much one with him. Because he says, unless we are attached to him, unless the branches are attached to him, we are like nothing. Nothing. The branches are nothing unless attached to the vine. We know this is true. Anybody who really likes to garden or do anything related to plants know that once the branch is detached, you know, detached, I should say, from the, from the plant dies. It dies. And Jesus is very clear. Without me, you can do nothing. For this attachment, he uses the word remain. The, the form of the word remain is in this passage eight times. And in scripture, dear brothers and sisters, when a word is repeated, we better pay attention. We better pay attention. The Greek word is meno, which actually means to, to abide or to dwell to dwell with someone. To be rooted, as it were, in Christ is what we're talking about. Knit to him by the Spirit. And this is something that we should be more conscious of, I think. You know, this real attachment to Christ began when we were baptized. The opening prayer mentioned baptism. A person is entirely different before baptism and after baptism. Entirely different. They look the same, but they're different. A complete change takes place in a person who's baptized. Original sin is taken away. One is made a true child of God, and one is made a member of the church, Christ's body. So it's not this mere moral or sentimental attachment. It is an ontological attachment. It it happens at the depth of one's being. Holy Spirit marks the person's soul with the sacred character that is with that person into eternity. The same thing happens in confirmation. A person is entirely different after confirmation than before. Again, the Holy Spirit marks that soul with a sacred character. It strengthens the person, gives that person the capacity through supernatural grace to spread and defend the faith. So this is not just like a moral attachment or some sentiment, some, you know, just a, a nice feeling or a good thought. No, it is very real. And this is the point that Jesus is making to his disciples in the gospel today. And this attachment, this remaining, this abiding in Christ is so that Christ is always in one's soul exerting his power in that person. So exerting his power in each one of us, that's what he wants. Because he says, without me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. So this is the image, this is the reality that that Jesus wants us to think about this evening. But there's also another powerful expression. He says that anyone who does not remain in me will be thrown out. Will be thrown out like a branch and wither. That throwing out 
comes from a, another Greek word, balo. It's with force and effort. It's not just, you know, you take the branch, you drop it. No, you, it's the idea of the person casting it away with force. With force. But the one who remains and bears fruit, Jesus says, the Father will come and prune. He says, my Father, the, the vine grower, takes away every branch in me that does not bear fruit, and every one that does, he prunes. He prunes so that it bears more fruit. And this pruning, another wonderful image, this pruning, kathairo, kathairo is the Greek word for what was being talked about. Kathairo is where we get the word catharsis. It's related. But this kathairo, it's, it's removing undesirable elements. So it's this purification. That's really what's the, really being communicated here. That the Father prunes these branches that bear fruit, purifies these branches so that they bear more fruit. So that they bear more fruit. So that we're purified. And so we're talking about a dynamism in our remaining in the Lord, this growing, this supernatural love and power that is in us because of Jesus Christ and our attachment, our remaining, our remaining with Him. And I, we're not, we don't remain with Him. He's saying you're essentially useless. That's what He's saying to us. Jesus says something that's echoed in the passage we have from the first letter of St. John. Jesus says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. Notice the if. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. Only if that, then ask and you will receive. What is he saying? He says, well, if we have an attachment to Jesus Christ, if we abide with Jesus Christ, if Christ is abiding in us, then we have to take up, as St. Paul says, in another passage, take up the mind of Christ. So we live and move and think in a Christ-like way, which is really a beautiful way, a wonderful way. So that Christ, ever more active in us, we, we take on His way of thinking and living so that we act in the right... Sorry, we ask in the right way. If we have the mind of Christ, if we abide in him, he abides in us, then we take on his characteristics so that we really are other Christs. And therefore, what we ask is in line with the thinking of Christ. And then, in our love for him, in our trust in him, we know that he will grant our request. Sometimes, often enough, in ways we don't expect. But they're beautiful ways. Wonderful ways. And in hindsight, we know they're the right way. That's the right way. But if we don't have that mind of Christ, if we don't remain in Him, we're not going to ask of Him in line with His thinking. And this makes sense. This makes sense. John echoes that in his, in his passage. He says, let us love in deed and truth. Isn't that what Jesus says? Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, the Father desires people who worship in truth, 
in spirit and truth. And this is another important thing because St. John tells us in this passage, let us love. Let us love, he says, in deed and truth. Love, authentic love, is never separated from the truth. Never. Never. If we want to love someone that's always in and through the truth of who the other person is, who we are, and who God is. And then he says, Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have a clear conscience, we have confidence in God and receive from him whatever we ask. There it is. Why is it that we have a a clear conscience, it could only be because we've taken on the mind of Christ. Living, loving, in deed and in truth. And what does John say his commandment is? Believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. Love one another. And so we can just come and ask ourselves, how do we remain in the Lord? How do we abide in him? How does we know that Christ abides in us. Well, we've already said it began when we were baptized, but after baptism, we're called to remain in the state of grace so that our conscience is clear. So we have to abide in Christ by spending time with his word in sacred scripture, by celebrating the sacraments. That's why we're here this evening. Receive Christ's body and blood. And to pray. We have to be people of prayer. I've said this before, months and months ago. I said, if we say we love God and we're not praying, we don't love God. It's that simple. We say we love God, we don't pray, we don't love God. So that's remaining in the Lord. Taking on the mind of Christ. But how do we bear much fruit? By our works of charity. And here we can be very creative. In fact, God expects us to be creative. God expects us to be creative in various acts of love. Simple acts of love. Bearing the fruit. And over and over again in the gospel, not just in this passage, but over and over again in the gospel, Jesus tells his disciples that he expects to see the fruits of our love in our lives. And this means uh, taking on the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Above all, it means taking care of the needy. And you know, we don't often have to go far to find a needy one. Sometimes they're right in our families. Often enough, they're in our families. Often enough, I'm the one that's the needy one. In need of whatever. Right? But to be attentive to our neighbor, to be attentive to our neighbor, to love our neighbor. And it begins, usually always, with our presence, with our presence to our neighbor. That's the way we bear fruit. That's how it was with Jesus. You know, if you read the Gospels, dear friends, Jesus never does a group miracle. Never. He never stands before, you know, and he was overwhelmed with people. Overwhelmed. Nowhere in the Gospel does Jesus raise his hands and say, you're all cured. Doesn't do that. Doesn't do that. 
every healing, every healing in the gospel is an individual encounter with Jesus Christ. And this is how love is. It's individual. It's personal. It's with our presence. So this image of vine and branches is really a wonderful image of well-being. Well-being. You know, when I hear of vine and branches, I immediately think of wine. And you know, uh, I have a couple of friends, we like to get together, you know, and I, we'll, we'll get together. And how wonderful and, and beautiful it is to share a bottle of wine with a good friend. Spending time, hours, together talking about various things. Talking about various things. And this is what Jesus is telling us tonight. That if we stay close to him, if we abide with him, if he abides in us, our lives will be enriched in ways we can't imagine and in ways for which we will be so grateful. And so this idea of rich well-being is something to celebrate in this wonderful Easter season.